0: Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you that you're on the move in this community, that, that you are, are reaching people with the gospel, that, that, Lord, your love for this world has not been extinguished, and it never will be. Oh, Jesus, we look to you in faith today, asking that, that you would, would help us as we open your word to hear a message from you. And Jesus, I pray. That, that each of us could be strengthened today by drawing life and power from you. And, oh, Jesus, I, I admit how much I need you. And I ask for supernatural help to, to teach and preach your word. And I ask for your supernatural help to help every ear here be open to the message of grace that you want to help us see. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, today or yesterday was a really fun day. Um, A group of us went up to Jacksonville and participated in Equip America. And and we were equipped to learn how to share our faith confidently. And and we went out on on the job training. We learned how to share our faith. And we went and shared our faith. And we saw several people come to faith in Christ. It was a great day. And I really appreciate it everybody who prayed and everybody who went, it was a fun day. Uh, I'm praying that more and more of us would be equipped to learn how to share our faith confidently so that more and more people could understand how amazing Jesus Christ is. And he really is amazing. I, I want to also just say thank you to everyone who's been so generous and kind towards sullen and i this month you've you've sent cards and you've given gifts and and it's way more than i expected or and certainly more than i deserve uh so thank you so very much for your expressions of appreciation um this month i am um i'm so grateful to be able to be the pastor here at the world golf campus so thank you so much now, the passage that we're going to look at this morning, I'd, I'd invite you to take your Bibles and, and open them to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're starting a brand new series this week on this letter of Peter to the church, and the passage that we're going to pay attention to this morning is 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 4. So I'm going to read this um, passage, and, and I'd invite you to listen as if these were the very words of God spoken to you right now. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. This is the word of God to you. We live in amazing times. I mean, think about this. William Shatner went to space this month. William Shatner, he's 90 years old, and he went into space. Captain Kirk! I mean, are you with me? I grew up watching Captain Kirk on Star Trek, not when it was first released, but when it was you know, being syndicated. And Captain Kirk, you remember him, right? He would always call down to Scotty. You remember what he would say? He'd say, Scotty, we need more power. We need more power. And Scotty, I don't know how Kirk didn't just drop him off on the nearest planet. Every time, Kirk would say, we need more power. And what would Scotty say? I can't do it. (laughs) How did this guy become the chief engineer on this ship? How did they get anywhere past the moon? I can't do it. But you know, it's exactly the same with us. Because every single one of us have to say to God, I need more power. And anything you look to other than Jesus Christ for power, the answer is, it can't do it. There is no power other than Jesus Christ for getting into the Christian life and for making progress in the Christian life other than Jesus Christ? Do you believe that? Do you believe that you need more power? And do you believe that there is only one source of power available to Christians by which they can make progress and even get started in this thing called life? When I was a young life leader back, you know, when dinosaurs roamed the planet as a college student at Presbyterian College, I was a young life leader and there was a little medley that we would sing at club. It went like this, more love, more power, more of you in my life, more love, more power, more of you. In my life, my prayer for each of you today is that you would say to the God of the universe, more love, more power, more of you in my life, and that you would hear his answer to you, which is this. Oh, I'm so glad you've asked. The answer is yes. The answer is Jesus. Oh, dear people, it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. More love. The answer is Jesus, more power, Jesus, more of you, Jesus in my life. Now, maybe you've heard that phrase before at Good News Church. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Maybe you've heard that. But listen, I don't want you to think that that's just something that that Andy or Smiley or me made up. And it's not something that Tolian Tovigian made up either. He wrote a book called Jesus Plus Nothing Equals Everything. But it comes right from this verse. Let me show you in verse 3. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us some things, the stuff that's really hard for us, no, that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. His divine power has granted to us everything. Jesus plus nothing equals Everything. Now let's unpack that. It's Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Now, if you were listening as I read through the passage, you saw that three times in verses one and two, Jesus Christ is mentioned. Three times in two verses. Then, in the next two verses I read, you saw five times that the word him, his, or he is is mentioned. So that means that eight times in four verses, Jesus Christ is mentioned, pointed to, directed as the object of faith that produces life and godliness. That it's Jesus that produces Life and godliness. There's no other source of power for life and godliness other than Jesus. And, listen, when Jesus moves in to a life, his aim and goal and what he always produces in that life is life and godliness. You want to live life? You want to have godliness? Jesus. Do you have Jesus? Then expect him to be giving you life and godliness. Now, what's godliness? It's a good question. Godliness, the word literally is you sabion, you meaning good, and sabion meaning devotion. So it literally means good devotion. And what that means is that godliness is instead of plugging your life into anything else as your greatest and chief good, you have come to understand that Jesus is your greatest good and you've plugged your life into him as your greatest good, he You're devoted to him as your chief and greatest good. So it's Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing. To those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, before we move on to understanding the the nothing, I want to just remind you of two things we saw in these verses about Jesus. This is really important. The first thing that this passage reveals about Jesus is Jesus has a plan. Jesus has a plan and a purpose for every single one of you. And Jesus says in this passage, his plan is to bring His people into a relationship with them so that they might serve Him for His glory and be sent out as His messengers, his apostles, to the world. That's Jesus' plan. Jesus has a plan for, for Peter. He has a plan for you. So that's the first thing we see about Jesus. The second thing we see about Jesus in this passage, this is maybe even more important, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. In verse 2, or verse 1, By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you be multiplied in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So Jesus is God. Now, if God the Father were to look into a mirror, the reflection that he would see facing him would be Jesus. That's what that means. That Jesus is God so that when God looks at Jesus he sees the perfect reflection of full and complete deity and full humanity as the second person of the Trinity, Jesus took on our humanity and he moved into the neighborhood. He walked among us. It's so important that you understand that That Jesus, to accomplish the plan and purpose of God, he had to take on our humanity. Without giving up his deity, he was fully God and fully man. And as fully God and fully man, he was the only one capable of doing what was necessary to save his people from their sin. So Jesus has a plan, and Jesus is God. And Jesus says... That the way that I get plugged into life with him is through faith. It's Jesus plus nothing. That the Christian life is a received life. It's not an achieved life. It's a received life to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. Now, Gretchen Machen was a seminary president and professor at Westminster Seminary in the 1900s, and he wrote a little paper called, What is Faith? And in it, he said this, True faith, strictly speaking, does not do anything. It does not give, but receives. So when one says that we do something by faith, that is just another way of saying that we do nothing, at least that we do nothing of ourselves. It is the very nature of faith, strictly speaking, to do nothing. So when it is said that faith works, so when it says that faith works um, through love, that means that through faith, Instead of doing something for ourselves, we allow someone else to help us. So the Christian life is received, it's not achieved. Now let me illustrate it this way. Some of you are watching online. Now if you are watching online... You're following along. You're tracking. You're hearing every word that I've been saying. But then suddenly, your internet connect. If your internet connection were actually to be stopped, the whole broadcast would stop. You'd be disconnected from the source. Now, would I go on speaking? Everybody in here says, yeah, we've learned that much. But... For the person online, they've been disconnected. And it's the same with faith. Faith is the instrument through which all the benefits that Jesus has secured for his people flow into our lives. It's not a work that we produce. It's not a merit that we add to what we present to God. It's receiving. It's receiving from Jesus All that he has done and accomplished for us. It's Jesus plus nothing. And it's so important that as a follower of Jesus, you understand that because Francis Schaeffer says in his little essay, The Lord's Work and the Lord's Way, hear this. There is no source of power for God's people except Christ himself apart from Christ anything which seems to be spiritual power is actually the power of the flesh so it's Jesus plus nothing there is no power for accomplishing anything for the glory of God and the good of others that I can produce in and of myself. It all flows to me and then from me through the power and work of Jesus. And that's why we understand that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That everything that I do is connected through faith to Jesus Christ. That everything I do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday is a part of my life with God and a part of my life lived for God. That the everything of the Christian life is in saying yes to what Jesus wants to accomplish in me And what Jesus wants to accomplish through me. But the power, the power is in Jesus. The power comes from Jesus. And the glory goes to Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Verse 4, For by these he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So how does this get into me? How does it become real in my life? How does it become something that's not theoretical, but that's practical? I say yes to being a partaker of the divine nature. Now, does that mean that I'm somehow changed in my nature from something other than human? No. I remain human. And God remains God but he invites me to participate to partake of life with him so that everything i do and everything that i have is given life and power from him alone and that more and more in my life i connect the dots not with a not with a a, a faint little line but with a thick, black line. There is a clear and conscious connection between everything that I do. More and more things in my life are directly connected to Jesus Christ and His glory. A conscious, day-by-day connection of my life, my work, my friendships, the way that I invest my money, my time. Everything comes under... The authority and lordship of Jesus Christ. And if that seems scary to you, it should be because it's going to feel at times like death. But the benefit of knowing. Having a true knowledge of God and our Savior Jesus so far outweighs. And he is so much more wise than you are. He knows so much better than you how to live your life. You can trust him. Now, let me me speak to anyone here or anyone watching online who, who isn't a Christ follower. You may feel far from God. Listen, did, did you see in the passage it said, grace and peace be multiplied to you? Listen, you, you hear anybody in our world talking about how divided we are? Do you see any evidence in the world that, that there is just a huge lack of peace? Listen, in your own life, do you ever sense that there's just a lack of peace in your own heart? Do you ever feel just anxious? See, the reason there's a lack of peace in the world and the reason there's a lack of peace in our own hearts is because of something called sin. And sin is a very small word that describes the things that we've thought and said and done that don't just break the laws of God, but break the heart of God, and they separate us from God. They tell us, sin tells us, that we are enemies of God. And God is one person that you don't want to be an enemy of. And then the question is, well, can anything be done about it? And the answer is yes, something has been done about it. God the Son took on flesh and he lived the life that we should have lived and he died the death. We deserve to die on the cross as our substitute. Jesus Christ paid the penalty that was due us for sin. He rose from the dead. He purchased a place for us and he invites us to turn from all our sin and to trust in Him alone for salvation as He's offered in the gospel. Now, let me show you our response in Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, verse 18, the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that His Christ would suffer, He has thus fulfilled. Therefore, Repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So Jesus has paid the penalty for our sin, and he says, Repent. Repent from whatever other thing you're plugging your life into for your greatest good, Unplug from that, turn, return to the Lord, and plug back into Jesus for your life, for your hope, for the eternal kind of life that he offers you. And so what do you need? All you need is need, and all you need is nothing. Repent and return. Listen, if you sense Jesus inviting you to himself, then you come. You come to him. Now, you say, well, listen, Dave, I've been following Jesus. I am a Christian. What do I do? Was there anything in your life that you wish divine power could be made available to? Or do you find that the promises of God in Scripture seem disconnected from your life and, and that you, seem, you feel powerless over the flesh, over your sin nature? You, see, you feel powerless to overcome sin in your life. And yet at the very same time that you feel so powerless against sin, you don't really see yourself as a big sinner. And what the gospel comes and does to you, Christian, is it says to you, cheer up, you're way worse than you think you are. You're a far bigger sinner than you think. And cheer up, you're so much more loved than you could ever imagine. There is divine power available to you, and he invites you to partake of life with God. Now, what do you want it for? What do you need it for? Now, I was thinking this week about some of the things that that this passage tells me has happened because of Jesus. Jesus. And here's just a few. Here's just a few things that that I I just was thinking of. Because of Jesus, we've been saved out of the world and into an eternal kind of life. We've been saved out of bondage to sin and into godliness. Godliness. We've been saved out of self-righteousness and into a perfect righteousness before God. We've been saved out of a debt and into the riches of God's grace. We've been saved out of death and into life. We've been saved out of lostness And into the adoption as sons. We've been saved out of religious effort. And into faith working through love. So Christian, where do you need God? Where do you need God to be everything? Where are you drawing from broken cisterns that can never satisfy your heart? I want to do something right now. We're going to spend one minute just in silence together. And what I'd invite you to do is to ask God, God, where where do you want to show me where I need you? Listen, the action step is partake of the divine nature. But, but there's, you know, a hundred people in here. There's a hundred different reasons that you need to partake of the divine nature. What's the one that God the Father would put on your heart this morning? Let's spend one minute in just silence. And you ask the Father, Father, what do you want me to partake of your life for? this week. Let's pray. Dad, speak to every heart here. Help us see where you want us to partake and apply life in the divine nature. Amen. So it's interesting. Someone once said that most problems that humans face can be solved by just learning to spend a little bit of time in silence with God. How was that minute? Was that hard? Maybe for some of you it was. Maybe that's what you need to draw divine power for, is just to be able to spend time alone with God in silence. Whatever it was that, that God the Father put on your heart this morning... To trust Him for this week. Listen, do you think it's possible that God, His life in you could do something amazing to change, transform, turn around, help, give hope and healing for in your life? Do you think it's possible? I know it's possible. Here's why. Simon Peter and bondservant, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. There is a biographical eyewitness evidence that God can change a human life because a headstrong, mouthy, disobedient, rebellious fisherman from the wrong side of the tracks became a fully devoted follower of Jesus. But not only that, He didn't stop changing Peter. Because remember a few months ago when we first met in Peter and 1 Peter, remember how he opened his letter of 1 Peter? He said, Peter, an apostle. But you know what's happened? The older he gets, the humbler he gets. The older he gets, the more he's aware of his own sin. And so he doesn't say, Peter, an apostle. He says, I'm Simon Peter. I'm still that old rascal that Jesus met on a lakeside in Galilee. I'm still Simon. But oh, I'm also Peter. I can't believe what God's done in my life. I'm his servant. I'm willing to go low and serve other people in love. I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave. And I'm also an apostle. I'm weak and I'm strong. All at the same time. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus, you and I, we're perfectly capable of being weak, weak people. Ain't I awful? I'll never make any progress in the Christian life. We can all be weak, weak. We don't need Jesus' help for that. And we can be strong, strong people. I'm going to change the world. I used to think that, and I still do, with God, because now I'm learning to be weak and strong at the same time. How about you? Do you want that kind of life? Not a weak, weak life that everybody just walks over, and not a strong, strong life that just blows everybody away, but a weak, strong life with grace and peace. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the kind of life you came to give us. Lord, there are about a billion different ways that what I said this morning could go wrong in a human heart. But Lord, Lord, I trust you that by your Holy Spirit, you would take and press deep in our hearts the truth of the gospel, that it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And Jesus, for some here this morning, maybe watching online, today is a day when you're drawing them. And and if that feels true to you, would you just say to him, Jesus, I admit I've sinned against you in many ways and I'm sorry. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Jesus, you did that for me to pay the penalty for my sin. Jesus, come into my life as Savior and Lord. Jesus, I repent, I turn from going my way, and I I trust in you alone for salvation. Jesus, help me become the person you want me to be. Jesus, for every person here, Lord, if if you haven't yet given them a a place in their life where where they could become partakers in the divine nature, Father, would you give us no rest until we see where you want to to break in? And, And it could be something so simple. But in your hand, In your hand, Father, we could become bond servants and apostles, weak and strong followers of Jesus, taking a message of grace and peace to the nations. I pray it in your name, Jesus.